This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Well, thank you, and welcome to the show where we feature another new program, Candy Matson, a female private investigator with a wry sense of humor and a penthouse on Telegraph Hill in San Francisco. The program was notable for having a strong female character without a trace of squeamishness. It was created by Monty Masters and starred his wife, Natalie Parks, as Candy Matson. Here's the episode entitled The Cable Car Case. Hello, Yukon 28209. Yes, this is Candy Matson. Do you have a little unsolved murder in your home? Got some blackmail you want to unload? Are you the victim of some vulgar extortionist? I know a girl you should meet. She may not be the greatest private eye in the world, so what if it does cost you three or four hundred dollars? She sure is sweet. She's Candy Matson. Like to meet her? Hello. Candy Matson? Well, I wasn't sure when I looked in the mirror this morning. Had a rough night, eh? Oh, there have been rougher ones. Look, voice, before you get caught with my receiver down, who are you and what do you want? As to who I am, you'll find out very shortly. What I want is you. How romantic and over the phone, yes. Let me finish. What I want is you to lay off that cable car business. Oh, that. Well, I'm afraid I can't. You see, I was sitting beside him when they discovered his transfer had been punched sort of permanently. That's how things happen with me. I get into the craziest routines. You see, I used to be a model. I've been told I have the proper displacement for such a career. But I found there wasn't enough money in it. A girl has to maintain a nice apartment on Telegraph Hill, keep enough clothes to highlight the uh, displacement I mentioned, and also eat, doesn't she? Sure. So I turn private eye. You meet a better class of people, mostly named Rigger or Mortis. Now take this cable car deal. It's positively fantastic. But after all, this is radio, isn't it? Like to hear how the whole thing happened? Leave us trip along to Act One. I wanted to get downtown that morning, but I couldn't take the F car on Stockton. They were ripping up about 87 streets, which is par for the court. So I walked down Telegraph Hill and up to Mason. That's where the Bay and Powell cable car stops. All aboard! Come on, Lana, show that shapely ankle. We gotta make the Fairmont by Whitsuntide. The car was loaded, and so was the character next to me. 
I tried to budge into the seat between him and the fisherman's wharf dowager, but I couldn't quite make it. I'd forgotten my shoehorn. Say, pardon me, but would you mind reading your Wall Street Journal over that away a bit? I'd like to sit in here. Oh, if you insist. A knight of old. He budged his hips a quarter of an inch, and I slipped in, ready for my rocket ride over the hill and down into town. The trip, as usual, was uneventful. Three smashed fenders and several choice words I'd never heard before, but I wrote them down. By the time our prairie schooner reached the turntable at Market Street, the crowd on the car had thinned out. But uh, Buster was still beside me, his head buried in common and preferred. Market Street! I started to get down. Hey, lady, take your boyfriend with you. We're heading back up the hill. Boyfriend? I'll sue. He looks like the advance man for Lewis and Clark. How do you like that? He fell asleep over his stocks and bonds. I looked again. Hipsy wasn't asleep. <laughs> Hipsy was stone cold dead on market. What a twist. I, who always went on the prowl for a whodunit, got one literally tossed into my lap. He just hadn't gone out of this world serene-like. Oh, no. There was a steady slurp-slurp of blood trickling down his vest just north by northeast of the equator. After a half-hour wait full of questioning by homicide leg men, I knew my morning shopping tour was rained out. And after all, I was only going to buy an emerald clip to match the glint in my eye. Well, that would have to wait. I knew the next step. I grabbed a cab home. I wasn't long in waiting. Right on cue. And if it was the right cue, it would be Lieutenant Ray Mallard from headquarters, daintily pressing his cuticles against my apartment buzzer. I was right. What? I've been expecting you. Come on in, Mallard. You've been expecting me? Why, Candy? Naive little rover boy, you. Have a drink? No, no, I'm not in the mood. Uh, just make it a double. Sit down, Mallard. Let's be civilized. Take off your hat. It is off. Oh? <laughs> Candy, for once I'm puzzled. You're just saying that. Yeah, because it's true. I've checked and rechecked. No matter how many loose ends I tie together, I still get no connection between you and Dwight Ellsworth. Dwight Whosworth? Ellsworth, your extremely limp traveling companion on the cable this morning. Mallard, I can give you an angle on that. Yeah? Yeah. The angle being that I didn't know him from Adam. Level? Straight. Oh, look, honeypot, this mediocre dialogue is getting us nowhere. What did you haul your size 11s in here for? Oh, frankly, I don't know. Uh, here, fill it up, lady. Well, you're not just going around in circles, Mallard. You're going around in doubles. Yeah, yeah. Like I've said before, Candy, you've got a pretty view from here. Oh? Wait till I turn around. I mean from your window. Look at that ship down there, just docking. Hmm? Where? Down there. There's oh. romance for you. Probably just in from the Far East. Here's your drink. Oh, thanks. You know, it is sort of romantic. Don't you think it'd be fun to jump on a tramp like that and whisk off to the South Sea? Mm hmm? On a honeymoon? No. That's what I thought. South Sea. Mallard. Don't call me Mallard. Why not? We're just playing for ducks, aren't we? Oh, very crisp. Playing for ducks. No, Candy, we aren't. Not in this case. We've got a dead man in our hands, Rudy Toot Toot, shot right through the heart. And you were sitting next to him. Sure, sure. Go on now. Get out of here. What? You heard me. Lift your hindquarters and get back to headquarters. Candy, I don't like that look. You've got something on your mind. Yeah, yeah, but you wouldn't recognize it if I told you about it. Uh, one word of warning. Don't dabble. You're in deep enough. Got it? Got it. 
Here's your hat. Grab it. So long, Mallard. See you around a jailhouse sometime. Bye, fool fum. Twas then I smelled a big fat fee. That great, big, kind of attractive Mallard. He missed the boat. Oh, he saw it, but he missed it. It was that ship he saw docking. That was the first time I came out of the dark since my Toonerville ride down the hill in the morning. I needed help, so I called an old friend of mine, if you can call that help. Rembrandt Watson was his name. He was a photographer and other things. He spent most of his life in the dark room dabbling with bottles. His negatives and prints were sharp. His thought processes, not quite. But he'd given me assistance in the past, so I called him. Rembrandt Watson speaking. Photography, portraits, and camera work. Yes, Rembrandt, I know. Also available for gardening, janitorial service, and babysitting. Rembrandt, it's candy. Especially at the over 21. Who? Candy? Now you're tuned in. How dare you, baggage. I was experimenting with a new type of formula. 90 proof for 100. 100. And candy, it works beautifully. There's a delightful little pixie in a pink ballet skirt in my living room. Well, leave her there and get over here immediately to my place. Take a cab. I'll pay for I'd it. I'd much rather have a handsome carriage with a brace of chestnuts. You've got them in your head. Now just do as I say and get over here. Float in, Rembrandt. Gad, Where's the man to take me cloak, gloves, and topper? You're wearing a sport coat and slacks, and you know I have no man. And therein lies your basic trouble, my dear. You have no man. Now, Rembrandt. Every man should have a woman. Every woman should have a man. It's the incontrovertible law of the universe. Candy, you should have a man. You? Sure. I'm no longer a man. I'm a sprite, transcending the world. Well, and... stop transcending a moment and come down to Earth. We've got a job to do. How poetic. How idyllic. We've got a job to do. Uh, for money? Eventually. Oh, one of those. Very well, my dear. Bring me up to date. Well, I, I don't really know if I can or not. Good. And I shall leave and return to me formula. Oh, no. What I mean is the whole story is so fantastic you'd never believe it. I might. Try me, Candy. Well, I get on a cable car and sit next to a character reading the Wall Street Journal. A strange coupling. A cable car and the Wall Street Journal. Yeah. And when we get to the end of the line, my friend next to me is dead. Probably the ride down the hill frightened him to death. Uh-uh. He looked like a used punch board. He had a neat little bullet hole through his heart. Candy, my little ballerina friend in the pink skirt is more believable than what you just told me. I told you it was fantastic, but none of how it happened. Now, sooner or later, Mallard is going to come out of his fog. And when he does, I'm going to be out of a fee. A fee that so far doesn't exist, my pretty. It will, if my hunch is right. Now, here's what I want you to do. Go down to the Chronicle and get all the back files you can on Southern Island Steamship Company. The Chronicle? A pleasure. I have a few questionable companions there who indulge in formulas. Stay away from those companions and just do as I ask. Very well, my dove. I go, but... Entirely against my will. And where will you be? Around town, Rembrandt. I've got to do some legwork. Let me assure you, Candy. You have just the right equipment for it, too. Mm, what a joint. I'll bet they mount slit gullets on the walls instead of deer heads. 
Well, come on, Candy. Get your tools out and screw up your courage. Yeah, miss, what'll it be? Uh, nothing right at the moment except information. Information, water, both free. What do you want to know? Well, I'm, I'm looking for the purser off the of Dwight Sonia. I hear he does his shore duty in here. Uh, that's right. Name Campbell. That head on the table over there belongs to him. Mm, thanks. Hello, sailor. Hey, Campbell. Wake up. Mm. Oh, leave me alone. Come on, snap out of it. Uh, who are you? Who do you want? My name is Candy Matson. I want to ask a question. No, I'm only drinking. Go away. Not until I find out what I want to know. Dwight Ellsworth was murdered this morning. What? I thought that would bring you to. Huh? Well, that's the nicest news I've heard since VJ Day. What do you want to know? Where did his brother live? That stooge. He's got about as much spine as a water eel. Never mind. I want to find him. He seems to keep his whereabouts as secret as an atomic stockpile. Uh, the whole family ought to be knocked off. Uh, he lives out in Seacliff, 25 Dashell Road. Good. A bartender, buy my friend a little reward. And one for yourself, too. Well, so far, so good. Oh, how did I know about Campbell the purser? Well, you see, I have quite a few friends, most of whom my pal Mallard doesn't approve. So I grabbed the cab and navigated the driver out towards Seacliff. It was so foggy I couldn't see the meter. But I paid him anyway, gave him a neutral tip and dismissed him. There it was, 25 Dashell Road. An austere-looking cabana. One that dared you to ring the front doorbell. I dared. I had the awful feeling I should have been around at the side door delivering hand laundry. Good evening. Well, except for the fog, yes. Uh, is Mr. Ellsworth in? Yes, he is. But I'm afraid I must ask you to leave. There has been a death in the family. I know. That's why I'm here. Come in, please. Thank you. Walk this way, please. Oh, I'm afraid I, I couldn't. Even if I live to be a hundred. Mind your tongue, young lady. You're in the house of an Ellsworth. Oh, hoity toity. The old babe had delusions of grandeur. Well, no need to get uppity with me. I've mingled with royalty. I once played a bit part in a Rita Hayworth picture. But this old gal was really something. She couldn't have been more than 45, yet looked like something out of the barracks of Wimpole Street. She ushered me into a large ceiling living room, and there on the divan was my boy. His head lowered into his hands and quite obviously touched. Quite obviously. Roger, this young lady is here to see you. I don't believe you mentioned your name. Candy Matson. Matson? You in shipping, too? Mm, of a sort. Oh, uh, this is my wife, Miss Matson. You'll pardon me if I don't seem hospitable, but my brother was murdered this morning. I know. I was sitting next to him when it happened. You were? Don't talk to her, Roger. I don't trust her. This whole thing is a threat of some kind. No, it's not a threat. It's a business proposition. I'll come right to the point. You see, I'm a private detective. Oh, one of those persons. Put your nose back down, Mrs. Ellsworth. I want to get the show on the road. Yes, I'm a private detective. And I'm in a spot, too. The police think I'm connected with the case in some way, so... I'm here for a double purpose. I'm listening, Miss Matthews. Roger, I forbid you to speak with this, this woman. Too late, Mrs. Ellsworth. Now, this is it. I'm in this business to make money. 
Give me a check now for $300 and I'll find out who killed your brother. And I'll also clear myself. Roger, I'm warning you. Naturally, you want to see the killer of your brother brought to justice, don't you, Mr. Ellsworth? Don't you? I... Yes. Yes. Here, I'll make a check out right now. Thanks. Just make it out to Candy Matson. Payable today. A lovely collection of guns you have, Mr. Ellsworth. You hunt much? Mm. Oh, yes, yes. My wife and I are quite fond of shooting. Uh, she's an excellent shot. Ah, there you are. Thank you. I'll be in touch with you sometime tomorrow. Mr. Reed didn't say a word. She just stood there against the fireplace and shot sparks through me. After I waved the check in the air a few times to dry the ink, she showed me to the door. Very clever, aren't you? Taking advantage of a weak-willed man. I wonder who made him that way. Don't cash that check. I mean it. Don't cash that check. Mrs. Ellsworth, $300. I need the money, badly. I need some new rolls for my player piano. I buzzed back downtown. I wanted to cash that check in a hurry. I knew of only one person who would give me the crisp green at that hour of the night. Uncle Charlie, the honest miller who ran the chase room. Uncle Charlie, in the strict sense of the word, was a gentleman. So with a tender little pat on my cheek, he cashed the check and I went up Telegraph Hill and home. All of a sudden, my eyes did a couple of inverted loops. All my lights were on. Who's in here? All right, speak up. Oh, Candy, the light of my life. Come join our party. Oh, Rembrandt, you gave me a scare. You don't scare easy either, Candy. Got something on your mind? And Mallard. Well, how ducky, a midnight soiree. What goes on here? Well, that chicken you had in the icebox is delicious. Was delicious. Looks like you've done everything but eat the bones. Your vintage is superb, too, Candy. Have a little formula? No. Now, now come on, what gives? That's my line, Candy. What gives? You're in on something, and I want to know about it. Oh, Mallard, believe me, it, it's nothing. I'm, I'm just trying to parley a couple of hunches. Tall hunches. Look at all those clippings on the South Sea Island Steamship Company. What are they for? I meant to tell you, Candy... I had remarkable success down at the Chronicle. There's everything you want on that steamship line. Oh, Rembrandt, did you have to tell the whole world? Candy, you chide me unnecessarily. I merely had the clippings on the table when Hawkshaw here walked in on me. Okay, Candy, take it from there. I can't tell you yet, Mallard. Nothing makes sense yet. I, I've got about four loose ends that need tying off. If I'd only put two men to following you, I'd save myself a lot of grief. Two days, that's all, Mallard. Just give me two days. I think I'll have it for you. All right. But don't forget, the boys down at Kearney Street headquarters don't love you the way I do. Two days. No more or less. I gotta go. Thanks for the foul, chicken. Ah, very gay. Here, Rembrandt, here's $50 for you. Fifty? My word. What's all this talk about a recession? Go on and take it. Go someplace and stabilize the economy. I whipped through the old newspaper clipping. It was all there. Fire at sea on Ellsworth's ship. Two seamen lost off Ellsworth's ship near Honolulu. South Sea Island line ship loses rudder in storm. On and on it went over a period of three years. I threw the papers back on the table. Helped myself to some of Rembrandt's formula. Turned down the lights and went out on the porch. The bay was dark except for an occasional path of light from a passing freighter. 
I sat down to think and think. Then, quick, quick, just like that, two little tumblers in my mind fell into place. Only one thing to do, and that was to do it the hard way. The next morning, just as the ferry building siren was announcing 8 o'clock to downtown San Francisco, I got Rembrandt on the phone. Candy, what on earth are you calling me for at this hour? Can't help it. There's work to be done. I did my work last night so extremely well that I'm just going to bed now. Sorry, you'll just have to delay your sack time. Meet me at the corner of Mason and Union in ten minutes, right where the cable car stops. Now, what are we going to do? We're going to take a cable car ride. What? One of those... Bouncing, jerky little contraptions. Not the way I feel this morning. Oh, yes, you are. Union and Mason in ten minutes. All right, Rembrandt, get on. This is the silliest thing you've ever done, Candy. Maybe. We'll see. Dwight Ellsworth was already on the car when I got on here, and alive. How could you tell? He mumbled something when I asked him to move over. Sounds logical. Although I once remember stumbling into a corpse who mumbled for hours after it had been liquidated. Mm, Rembrandt was in one of his rambling moods, so I let him alone. The car pulled over Mason Street, down Washington, and then swung on to Powell and up the hill. Now I watched the buildings and apartments carefully. It was a little red brick building, now a big apartment house a woman's residence club, and so on. Then over the hill, more apartments, and the possibilities petered out of Bush. Well, only one thing to do. Canvas all those blocks between Washington and Bush. Okay, Rembrandt, off the car. Strangest corpse I ever did see. Uh, what'd you say, Candy? Off the car, come on. Now what? I just want to get to bed. Well, not for a long time, Boy Blue. Now here's the pitch. You take this building, and I'll take the next. We'll alternate as we go along. Ask if a tall woman with a horsey face and dressed something like Queen Victoria ever lived around here. Oh, Candy. I know it sounds wild, but it's got to be done. A horse with a tall face and dressed something like... Oh, Rembrandt, look at me. Get that smoke out of your brain. A tall woman with a horsey face and dressed something like Queen Victoria. You got it? Got it. Okay, get going. It was slow and tiresome. And the answers I got. A tall gal dressed like Queen Victoria. Oh, sister. That was about par. Nope, nobody like that ever lived here. Are you positive? A dame who fits that description? Yeah, I'm positive. The morning wore on and so did we. We were over on the other side of California Street now, so we stopped and had a bite to eat. I had pickles with mine and Rembrandt had olives on toothpicks in a glass. And again, we picked up the hunt. My heart was suddenly making with a rumba. There, just on the other side of clay, in front of a three-story red brick house, was a police squad car. There was a little knot of people gathered around. Daintily lifting my crinoline, I did a Mel Patton down the block and up the front steps. I didn't have any trouble finding the room. The door was wide open, and there was a body on the floor. Four representatives of the law were buzzing back and forth. One of the buzzees was Mallard. Well... My little ambassador of violence. Why is it you're always around the extremely dead, Candy? I've got no time to brandy the ad libs, Mallard. Who is it? I don't know yet. No identification. Let me see. Huh. <laughs> a pen pal, maybe. I was right. I knew it. Knew it? Knew what? You're right. He was a pen pal. He wrote me a check last night for $300. His name is Roger Ellsworth. <laughs> Very interesting. 
Must be open season on Ellsworth. Okay, Candy, time you filled in in the blanks. Start. Wait a minute. I want to look at the window over here. Mm-hmm. Mallard, there are a couple of younger Ellsworths living around town here. I'm sure you'd like to see them stay healthy. Yeah? Get out to 25 Dashell Road and pick up an old crone also named Ellsworth. Five will get you 20. She's the one you're after. Uh, all right. But you get back to your place and stay put, understand? I want to have a more illuminating chat with you. Oh, Mallard, I'm, I'm just like putty in your hands. The moon was coming up over Diablo and spraying a path of silver on the bay. Still no Mallard. I wondered what could be wrong. Well, this was it. This was the showdown. You seen a tall face with a horsey woman? Oh, Rembrandt. Candy, I'm so mad at you, I could... Oh, what's the use? Now what's the matter? What's the matter, she says. I've been roving all over Powell Street, ringing doorbells. Where did you go, you traitor? Rembrandt, I'm sorry. In, In the excitement, I forgot all about you. What excitement? There's been another murder. In a moment, there's going to be another... I'm looking right at you, Candy. Oh, cool off. Have some formula and stop snorting steam. <gasps> what was that? Your window, Candy. It just shattered. What? Oh, wait a minute. That window didn't shatter by itself. Quick, get the lights, Rembrandt. Now duck down here. What sort of a silly game are we playing now? This isn't a game, believe me. Candy! Candy, are you all right? Yikes, it's the gumshoe. Yes, I'm all right. Where are you, Mallard? Over here. Two houses over. We've got your girlfriend trapped on the roof next to you. Don't move and stay covered. Okay. All right, Mrs. Ellsworth. Are you coming down peacefully or do we have to play cops and robbers? I'm not coming down until I get that candy match. She did it. She forced me to kill my own brother-in-law. Have it your own way. Okay, loosen her up a bit, boys. Better than the Fourth of July. Keep your head down, Rembrandt. Oh, is that what was up? Ready to come down, Mrs. Ellsworth? No, I'm not. Candy, you must have moved slightly just as she shot at you. Well, it was too close, I can tell you. She's dead? Oh, decidedly. I think she was dead before she hit the ground. That one shot got her. We went out to her house, and she was just driving off when we got there. We trailed her up to North Beach, lost her for a block, and then spotted her car at the top of the hill here. We arrived just as she was getting on the roof next door. Okay, now you tell me your little dream. Well, it was that ship docking that set my wheels going around. The name Ellsworth started burning in back somewhere. Mm-hmm. You saw the clippings we dug up. Yeah. The South Sea Island steamship lines were slowly being sabotaged. I did some checking, and I, I found that the insurance companies weren't going to renew. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't tie that in sooner. Oh, it's just that you have too many things on your mind, Mallardy. <laughs> I went out to the place on Dashell Road, and when I left, I was pretty sure the old girl had knocked off her brother-in-law. Why? Well, for several reasons. One, she was a venomous old witch. Two, you've never seen such a collection of guns in all your life. 
and her husband admitted she was a darn good shot. I also saw one little pot gun that was very interesting. It had a silencer on it. Uh-huh. That was the one she used on you tonight. And also the one she used on Dwight Ellsworth from the window of that apartment where you found her husband. How do you know? Go back there. You'll see a nice little bullet hole in the curtain with burned powder all around it. Now, don't tell me that... Yes, I'm telling you that she rented that place knowing that her brother-in-law always went downtown on a certain cable car. She waited that morning until we were riding by, and she plugged him. I have now heard everything. And the reason? Dwight Ellsworth, rather than fighting the insurance companies, had decided to sell his steamship lines. But the old gal thought she'd beat him to the punch by knocking him off. The steamship company would then fall into her husband's hands. Yeah. What about her husband? Well, after he gave me the check and I left, they evidently had a fearful row and she spilled the beans. Somehow she lured him down to that place on Powell and gave him some lead poisoning, too. And that's all there is to it. Candy, I wish you'd have told me all these things earlier. We might have been able to save the life of Roger Ellsworth. Mm, it wouldn't do any good. Because if she hadn't killed him, I was going to. What? Mm-hmm. While I was waiting for you to get here, the phone rang. It was Uncle Charlie, the honest miller. That no good Roger Ellsworth. His check bounced like a brand new golf ball. <laughs> What's so funny, Mallard? Listen in again to the further adventures of Candy Matson, Girl Sucker. Well, that's the way it goes. Sometimes you win, sometimes you don't. In this case, nobody did. Except Rembrandt. He'd stocked his darkroom with $50 worth of formula. And not the kind you use on negatives, either. Let's see. Murder on a cable car. Dwight and Roger Ellsworth done in, as well as the old gal. One check that bounced. It really does sound fantastic, doesn't it? But I told you this was radio, didn't I? Oh, wait a minute. Maybe I did come out ahead of that. On the way out, Mallard leaned on and kissed me. The first time it ever happened. You know, at times, it, it's kind of fun to be in the arms of the law. Listen again next week at the same time. For excitement and adventure, just dial... Candy Matson, Yukon 28209. Heard tonight were Helen Cleave, Jack K. Hill, and Harry Bechtel, Jack Thomas as Rembrandt, and Henry Leff as Mallard. The program stars Natalie Masters as Candy and is written and produced by Monty Masters. Stay tuned for Suspense, next on Theater of the Mind. Time now for Suspense, next on Theater of the Mind. Now, Autolite and its 60,000 dealers and service stations present... Suspense. Tonight... Autolite brings you Van Heflin in Cornell Woolrich's famous Three O'Clock, a suspense play produced and directed by Anton M. Leader. And now, Autolite presents Van Heflin in a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. Francie signed her own death warrant. She signed her own death warrant, didn't she? You're a good husband to her, and yet she's too-tommy you with another man, isn't she? 
And you made up your mind weeks ago to kill her, didn't you? Well, now at the last second, what are you waiting for? You've got everything down here you need to do the job. That box near the wall filled with explosives, two copper wires already capped. This alarm clock, what's holding you back? Memories of your honeymoon? She's two-timing you with another man. Weigh that in your hand. All right, then. Get to work. First, set the alarm. As she gets back from shopping around 2.30, you better set it for 3 o'clock. Good. Now then, wind it up. Now then, put the cap into the wires into the little holes you drilled in the box. Oh, no, 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 wait. That explosive's kind of tricky, temperamental. Don't touch that box any more than you have to. First, attach the wire to the alarm clock. I wonder why more people haven't thought of this. Probably wouldn't know how to go about it if they did. There. Now the cap into the wires into the box. Careful, careful. There it is. Check it over now. You don't want any slip-ups. At three o'clock, the alarm goes off. It sets up a spark. The spark runs along the wires to the detonators in the box. And that's all there is to it. Well, don't just stand here. Get back downtown to the shop. Uh, uh, what, what are you doing in my house? Hey, Duke, somebody is home. Hold him a couple of seconds. Suddenly, he's standing there. Must have been down the cellar all the time we was here. And you said you cased this place for three days. Give me something to tie him up and let's no. go. No, 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 don't tie me up. Don't tie me. Slide him again. Oh. Again. Okay. At the cellar down there? Yeah. See if there's any rope around. Quill a rope on a shelf down there. I'll get it. No, no, we'll carry him down and tie him up there. No, don't tie me up. This house is... Shut up, you. Oh. See if you have a handkerchief. Roll it up in a ball. Listen to me. This house is... Uh, shove it in his mouth. Shove it in. Oh. Take off his belt and mm. buckle it between his teeth, too. Mm. Fast. Mm. Okay. Mm. What's he putting up such a fight about? This place is a lemon. Nothing in it. Sink his legs. Okay. I did my last stretch just on account of leaving a guy in the open where he could put a squad car in my tail too quick. Okay, jump with me here. Now, give me that rope. I'll hold him. Hey, what's he putting up such a fight about? Look, mister, we ain't going to hurt you. Just leave you here in the cellar. He still ain't convinced. I can't figure him. Okay, that does it. All right, I'll tie him to this pipe. Otherwise, somebody's liable to come home right after we leave and hear him thrashing around. These houses are like matchboxes. I wonder what he's trying to say. Don't leave me tied up down here. I won't call the cops, I swear. This place is going to blow up, don't you understand? Explode. This, this house is going to explode. Who oh, cares what he's trying to say? Let's go. We'll pull another job tonight. Right. This time, I'll do the picking. Well, it looked like a good setup, standing way off like it is. Hey, mister, will you relax? You'll never get out of them nuts. Hey, what's he so bug-eyed about? What is it, mister? This alarm clock over here? Uh, what do you care what time it is? You ain't going anyplace. Hey, should we take the clock, Duke? Nah, couldn't raise a buffalo nickel on it. Ordered it to. Let's go. We got work to do. Right. Come back. Sorry. Don't, don't leave me here. This house explodes at three o'clock. Listen to me. It blows up in an hour and a quarter. Come back. Come back. Come back. Come. Officer, let's take it back. Gone. They're gone. 
people in the world who know where I am. I, I've got to get out. For suspense, Autolite is bringing you Van Heflin in radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. And now, Autolite brings back to our Hollywood soundstage Van Heflin as Paul in Three O'Clock, a tale well calculated to keep you in suspense. I can't get out. Nobody knows I'm here. Fifty-six, fifty-seven, fifty-eight, fifty-nine, twelve minutes to two goes so fast, that second hand goes so fast. Five, six, seven, less than 72 minutes. Help me. Somebody help me. Help me. Help me. <laughs> 11 minutes to two, only, only 71 minutes. Not even that now. Three. Four, five, six. Francie, Francie, come home and get me out of this. I love you. I, I can't help being jealous, can I? I'm sorry I tried to kill you. It's because I love you so much. I'm jealous. But you deserve it. You deserve to die for what you've done to me. Can't you imagine how I felt that day last, last month when I came home? That's that you, Paul? Paul, you, you're home so early. Are, are you sick? Another one of your headaches? Oh, I feel fine, honest. Well, why, why are you home so early? Well, I don't know. I just got lonely for you, and I said to myself, well, you're the boss, old boy. It's your watch repair shop. Now, if you want to close ahead of time, who's to say no? <laughs> Come on, hold still a second. Your, your, your lipstick is huh? smeary. It, it is? Well, I was lying down. I, I guess well, I... It's all right. Now, come on, pucker up. <laughs> well, you smeared again. Well, I'll fix it. As as long as you're home early, why don't you rest a while? The morning paper's still in the den. Oh, I guess I will at that. I had a heavy lunch of pot roast and potatoes and apple pie. And What'd you do today, Annie? Oh, all the usual. Clean the house, what marked in. Wish we could have bought a car. I mean, isolated the way we are, walking. I sat down on the couch, and there it was in the ashtray on the end table. A cigar butt, still moist on one end, still warm on the other. Any, uh, visitors today? What'd you say? I said any visitors today. No. None. Not even a peddler. You're a liar, Francie. You lied to me that time. ever gone this fast. Of all the thousands I've looked at and set right in my shop, not one has ever gone so fast. It's quarter hours go around like minutes and it's minutes like seconds. Three minutes to two. That's, that's cheating me. It's not keeping the right time. That, that second hand's whirling like a pinwheel. Make it stop somebody. When the clock says three, the, the house explodes. Make it... Oh, somebody's at the door. Come in, please. Please 
Please come in and find me and let me out of here. Please, please, please. Gas company. Gas company. The one call in all the day's routine from the earliest morning till latest night that can possibly bring anyone down here to the cellar. Anybody home in there? Gas company. Anybody home? I am. I am. I'm down here. Don't, don't wait for somebody to answer the door. It's not locked. Come in. Come in. Please, please. He's gone. He's gone. No, 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 no. He's coming around to the back. Why don't we... What? I said, why don't we go in and read the meter anyway? Even if nobody's home. Yes, yes. Company policy. We never go in to read the meter unless somebody's home. I'm sure they're never home when you want them to be. But I am home. I, I am. I'm right down here. I... I can see your legs through the window. All you have to do is to bend down and look in and you see me. No, 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 don't go away. Stay. I'll kill you if you go, so help me. I'll kill you. No, 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 I didn't mean that. Please stay. Please stay. Look at the time. One minute past two. Fifty-nine minutes left. Not even an hour now. Fifty-nine minutes less eight, nine, ten, eleven. How long fifty-nine minutes seems when, when you're waiting for someone. Like the night that I, I waited for Francie to come home from a movie. And, and she was late. The night Francie was late coming home from a movie. Yes, in a pig's eye she was at a movie. She was with her boyfriend. Well, sure, I was worried. What did you think? You said you'd be home before 11, and here it is almost midnight. I was about to call the hospitals and the police. Oh, Paul, I'm sorry. Really, I am. All those those short subjects, and then the bus was late. I, I'm sorry you worried. Oh, forget about it. How was the movie? It was all right. Nice western. Oh, a western? I thought you were going to see Three Musketeers. I, oh, well, I was, but I, I changed my mind. I saw Red River instead. I didn't know that was playing in the neighborhood. Well, I, I went downtown. I thought as long as I'm out of the house, I, I might as well do a little shopping. Well, these stores were open tonight? No, I... Did I say shopping? I meant window shopping. Oh. <laughs> what was the movie about? You know, Western. A lot of shooting and riding. Uh-huh. How was uh, Gary Cooper's performance? Oh, Good. I've always liked him. No, I didn't mean Cooper. Cooper's not in. I, I meant uh, John Wayne. Oh, was that John Wayne? <laughs> you know, they all look alike to me. <laughs> those, those big hats. That was the night that she signed her own death warrant. Little things put the official seal on it, like the cigar butt in the living room, like the gasoline drippings on the street in front of our house, and we don't even own our car. And it wasn't a delivery truck either, because the drippings uh, showed that it stood there a long time, an hour or more. Uh, and, and like the time last week when... The time? Twelve minutes after two? No. Oh, no, that can't be. It was just two o'clock. It, it can't be that late already. Twelve minutes past two. Only 48 minutes and... Uh, less than 48 minutes. It's 47.56... Fifty-five, fifty-four. Look at that second hand. Fancy, 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 fancy. She's in the kitchen. She's, she's putting down her parcels. How can I make her hear me? There must be some way. 
And now, now she's at the hall closet and he must be hanging up her coat. Oh, Francie, thank you so much for coming home early. I love you so and I, I need you. How could I ever have thought of hurting you? I must have been crazy, but I'm not now. Back to the kitchen. Why doesn't she come down here to look for something? She might stay up there all afternoon, lie down. She might wash her hair. She she might stay up there till it's time to get supper ready. All she does is no supper, no Francie. No me. Francie. Francie. Come down here. I know that you can't hear me, but come down here, please. Please come down here. She knows we've been robbed. I should get the police now, and they'll search the whole place, and they'll look down here. Well, I'll look again, but I know it's gone. Paul will have a fit. Oh, no, 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 I won't. I won't, honest. No, I, I haven't reported it yet. We have to be so careful. Uh, you're not kidding. I, I called Paul at the shop while I was out, and there was no answer. I hope nothing happened. Oh, Paul, nothing's wrong. <laughs> Can't you guess there's something wrong if I'm not in the shop? Maybe you'd better come out. Okay, goodbye. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Sure. Come on. If I go, both of you go with me. What time is it? Oh, no, no. It can't be 19 past 2. Only 41 minutes left. 33, 34, 35, 36. Tick-tock. Tick-tock. Oh, there I go there. I go. Stop it. Stop it. Think. Think fast. Think like you did last week when you came home and she threw her arms around you and hugged you and where that little liar. Hi, Paulie. Hello. No kiss? Yeah, sure. Why not? Mm. Oh, what's the matter? Hard day? So hard you can't even force a smile? I'll make you smile. I'll make you laugh. <laughs> kiss you, kiss you. Come on, smile. Oh, smile. No. <laughs> Stop tickling. <laughs> Cut it out. What's uh, this in your pocket? Fancy, don't. A present for me? Oh, yeah, I said don't. Give me that. All right. You don't have to grab. What is it? Well, it's, uh, it's fertilizer. That's what it is. Fertilizer? Yeah, a sample package. I, I figured maybe we'd start a little garden in the back of few flowers, maybe. Oh, well, that's a nice idea. That's just what I'll do. Yeah, well, I'll keep it down in the cellar. The fellow gave it to me, said that it should be kept in a cool, dry place. I'll buy the seed just as soon as you make up your mind what you want. Fertilizer. She never even suspected that it was an explosive. I brought other things home last week, too. Every day, something else. Some more sample packages of fertilizer which I carefully packed into a soapbox that I had in the cellar. And copper wire and dry cell batteries. And this clock. And she never suspected the thing. She was so flustered trying to cover up the fact that she had a caller that I could have brought in a grandfather's clock under my arm and she probably wouldn't even have noticed it. Oh, but, uh, Francie, that, that doesn't matter now. If you If you'll just come on downstairs. He's here. Her boyfriend's here. Hello, Dave. Well, did you turn up yet? No, I haven't heard anything from Paul either. The police will think I did it, I suppose. Well, don't say anything like that. Come on into the kitchen. Coffee's ready. What are they going to do? Just, just sit there? Don't they, don't 
Don't they know that it's 28 minutes to three? Only minutes left now. Minutes, not even a full half hour anymore. Don't you think we ought to tell Paul about... about us? I don't know. How will he take it? Paul isn't narrow-minded. Well, we can't keep on like this. It's better to go to him ourselves and tell him about you than wait till he finds out. He's liable to think something else entirely. What's he talking about? I know he didn't believe me that night when I helped you find the furnished room and told him I'd been to a movie. I'm... I'm so nervous and upset all the time. I feel as guilty as if, as if I were one of those disloyal wives or something. Oh, didn't you ever tell him about me at all? Well, I, I told him you'd been in one or two little scrapes, but I let him think I'd lost track of you and I didn't know where you were anymore. Well, well that was her brother she, she said that about. I'm coming things up for you all right. An escaped convict for a brother Oh, Francie. Francie, I didn't know. Why, why didn't you tell me it was your brother? Why didn't you tell me? Let's, let's go downtown and talk it over with Paul. No, 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 stay here. Don't, don't go downtown. Stay here. You shouldn't be seen with me. You can get into trouble yourself. Telephone Paul to come here instead. Yes, 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 stay here with me. Please, stay. I'm not afraid. What can I do? What can I do? This pipe, this pipe leads upstairs. Hit it with something. With what, though? What? My head. <laughs> What was that? What? I didn't hear anything. I thought I heard a noise in the cellar. Yes, you did. You did. It's me. It's it's me. Want me to take a look? Yes, 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 yes. No. Yes. I, I guess that was wrong. Let's go, Dave. Francie! Francie! Come down here and look. Only 22 minutes left. Francie! Side back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. He, 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 he sees me. Bobby, what are you doing? Mommy, look. I understand what he sees. Oh, if, if he were only just a few years older, a, a child of seven or eight could understand that. Bobby, are you coming? I'm waiting. Stay where you are, Bobby. Make her come to you. Forty-two, forty-three, 
44. <laughs> the, the clock, the clock's beginning to look like people like Mama. Oh, my head hurts. Mama, I'm sorry for what I've done. Paul, sorry. He, he won't do it again, honest. Just let, let him go this time and not punish him. He, he's learned his lesson. He'll never do it again. Poor Paul. Poor Paul. Oh, that, that must be Francie. It must have found the shop closed. Trying to find out if I, I came back here while she was gone. When no one answers, will that tell her that something's wrong? Why should she think I'm stretched out down here in the cellar if I don't answer the phone? Bye-bye, Francie. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Tick-tock. Bye-bye. Tick-tock. Seven minutes to three. In seven minutes, the alarm goes off. Seven minutes to three. The alarm rings for me. <laughs> that, that's a poem, Francie. It's a funny poem. Seven. Please let time stand still. Seven. Not six. What a precious number. Six. So round. So comfortable. Let it be six forever. Not five or four, but six for all eternity. Let time stand still. It's six. No, it's five.
take it easy. I'm the doc's working on him. Meantime, just a couple more questions. All right. All right, officer. You say when you came in, he was all tied up and this alarm clock here was ringing. Yes. Yeah. I say. Answer? Yeah, doc. Sid. I'm sorry. Now, look, just one more thing in this box. There was some wires going to it from the clock, and I pulled them out. Do you know what was in it? This box? Yeah. Nothing. It used to have some fertilizer in it, but I took it out this morning and used it. I've been trying to raise flowers in the back of the house. Paul. Paul loves flowers. Thank you, Van Heflin, for a splendid performance. And now, here again is Van Heflin. First, I'd like to say that it's always great fun and a lot of work to appear on suspense. And second, come on out here, Tony. That's right, come on out. Ladies and gentlemen, Radio Mirror Magazine has asked me to call Tony Leader the producer-director of Suspense, down out of his glass cage up there for a very special reason. What's it all about, Van? Tony, I'd like you to meet Miss Ann Daggett, Western editor of Radio Mirror Magazine. How do you do? How do you do, Mr. Leader? As a Suspense fan of long standing, I'm very happy to have the privilege of presenting to you this scroll. It is in recognition of the fact that Suspense has been chosen radio's outstanding mystery show by Radio Mirror Magazine, which will be on the newsstands tomorrow. Well, that's... that's wonderful. And on, on behalf of our writers and our actors and musicians, Lud Bleskin in particular, and technicians without whom suspense couldn't even begin to suspend you, I want to say thank you very much. Well, my congratulations to Tony, and I'll be tuned in next week to hear Gregory Peck in Murder Through the Looking Glass, another gripping study in... Suspense. Van Heflin appeared by arrangement with Metro-Goldwyn-Mayer, producers of the Technicolor picture Little Women, starring June Allison, Peter Lawford, Margaret O'Brien, and Elizabeth Taylor. Tonight's suspense play was written by Cornell Woolrich and adapted by Walter Newman. Music was composed by Lucian Morawieck and conducted by Lud Gluskin. The entire production was under the direction of Anton M. Leder. Remember, next Thursday, hear Gregory Peck in Murder Through the Looking Glass. Thank you for listening. Tomorrow evening, it's Nightbeat, followed by The Life of Riley. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell and Paul Stringer for technical support. The executive producer for Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great night. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.